स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन प्रॉट यू बाय एच टी स्मार्ट कास्ट हेलो एंड वेलकम टू मिंट आई एम नसरीन सुल्ताना आई एम एन असिस्टेंट एडिटर एट मिंट I keep a close track of all that is happening in the world of stock markets. You are listening to All Things Markets where I speak to experts analyzing the big trends moving the stock markets. On September 11th, market regulator SEBI has made it mandatory for multicap schemes to have at least 25% holding each in large mid and small cap stocks investors are expecting a strong rally in small and mid cap stocks led by mutual fund buying however in august all categories of equity mutual funds saw outflow with highest net outflow of rupees 1153 crore in large cap funds followed by multi cap funds which saw a net outflow of rupees 1157 crore in august so what does the new sebi norm mean for small and mid cap stocks To understand that I'm in conversation with Nirav Shet chief executive officer MK Institutional Equities. Hi Mr. Shet welcome to the show. Thank you. Uh so straight up uh, let's uh, uh, begin by asking you uh, what is your take on the new norms or the new changes that SEBI has instructed for the multi cap mutual fund schemes? so i think it's a welcome step uh, they are trying to ensure that uh, all the fund managers stick uh, true to the label uh, the schemes that they offer uh, to the investors and investors know exactly what to expect when they get into a particular scheme uh, so it's a move in that direction and it's uh, far more transparency for uh, everyone concerned Mm. Agreed. There is uh, going to be far more transparency as what it was earlier, but uh, the concern that the industry is raising is that you know most of the multi-cap funds are skewed towards the large-cap stocks, and naturally, uh, with us with a mandate like this, uh, they will have to probably rejig their portfolio, and uh, also SEBI uh, has said that uh, probably they could rename the por- uh, the scheme or or get into different schemes to kind of keep their portfolio in. intact but going having said that do you think that this is uh, this move is going to impact the small and the mid cap stocks at the moment certainly uh, absolutely so if you do some simple math and if you were to assume that all the funds try and align their portfolio to the new sebi regulations uh, we are talking of an inflow of almost about uh, 47 or 1000 crores in uh, mid caps and small caps Uh, now that's one side an extreme positioning uh, i would believe that uh, between this uh, and between all of them deciding not to do it you will find a median point right so uh, i have no doubts that between friday and between today that it's a positive step for inflows into mid cap and small cap uh, the extent and the duration uh, none of us necessarily know but i still believe it will be somewhere in the region of 15 20000 crores you're saying that even if uh, they kind of cater to the new flexibility option that sebi has uh, given uh, to the uh, mutual fund schemes even then you are seeing uh, you you kind of calculate that much of a inflow to the small and mid caps right 
No, the the way I am saying is that if everyone decides uh, to realign their portfolio, you will see mm. an inflow of forty thousand crores. Okay. Uh, I am assuming that all of them will not do it. At least fifty percent will do it. So mm. please appreciate that the guys who is not going to do it are the guys who got the maximum deviation from SEBI's requirement, right? So mm. let's say if you assume that the top uh, largest guys fall out, uh, the, then you are actually incentivizing other guys uh, to align themselves. It, mm. It's a bit reflexive. Right, because the impact cost impact cost should be lower. Uh, so uh, it's fair to assume that between 40-50 percent of uh, the funds would try and align themselves to the new portfolio, which is why I come approximately to this figure of 15 or 20 thousand crores. Okay, all right, point taken. But uh, uh, do you think that because in a small cap stocks, uh, a uh, there are a lot of arguments that probably uh, there are no uh, not that many good small cap stocks in the counter also the valuations have risen in the last uh, few months that we saw the rally plus there is no uh, earning support for many of these companies in this sector and to kind of meet that 25% uh, uh, strict uh, allocation there could be some issue with the fund manager to find the right amount or the right stock there in that sector also uh, you know in september itself we we, we heard uh, sbs small cap kind of winding up or taking lump sum amount in their uh, in the small cap uh, fund saying that probably there are not enough uh, uh, fund ideas or enough stock ideas in that sector so uh, so what is your takeaway you think that it's going to be a very tough task for a fund man- manager to find the right uh, stocks in the small cap segment yeah so uh, i i would not say there is not a challenge it's certainly a challenge but you also have to appreciate that Uh, it is uh, a demand which also creates some sort of supply right mm-hmm. so i would assume that once you've got a better environment for small caps and mid caps you can see a plethora of good companies getting listed right uh, you can count of some of the ipos that have been filed and which could be in the realms of small cap and mid cap where close to about 10 or 12000 crores money could be raised you can have promoters diluting their stake Uh, so it opens up new opportunities uh, but i agree that it is a bit difficult uh, but then you also have to appreciate that this allows the fund managers to create far more alpha mm. uh, for their for their uh, investors and if you look at it the biggest competition for the existing mutual fund guys have come from passive funds mm. because uh, you know the differentiation in terms of outperformance vis-a-vis the benchmark has not been has not been necessarily uh, significantly high enough and therefore you've seen a big uh, sort of jump in passive funds and this gives them uh, opportunity to fund managers to try and uh, create more alpha uh, and i believe that if it's if it doesn't happen in 6 months then probably they can make a representation to the sebi and probably ask for uh, a greater time frame to align to the new norms but this category will stay for sure Uh, but shifting for our focus to the large caps uh, now if uh, we are expecting a certain amount of money flowing into the uh, mid and small segment and of course naturally that money would be going out from the large cap stocks and few of the large cap stocks especially in the uh, index uh, nifty it's it's kind of being r- single handedly driven by few stocks starting with reliance and few others uh, do you do you see that the the skewed skewedness or the biasness of the stock market's rally is going to be probably spread out after this mandate has been uh, you know taken up by the mutual funds 
No, no, not necessarily at all. So I think if you, again, like I said, if you do very rough numbers in terms of the inflows uh, that can happen into small and mid caps, uh, offset by the money that leaves the large caps, uh, it is not necessarily significant, right? So we are talking about, even if I take the entire quantum, which is 47,000 crores, right? We are talking right. about just about 0.3 or 0.4% of the free float of the large cap companies, right? Mm. Uh, uh, so that impact is almost insignificant, uh, the way I look at it. Uh, and again, this is not necessarily a binary situation in a sense that if money comes out of large cap only, then it gets into small cap, mid caps. Uh, if you've got good conformance, uh, if you've got better performance as you move ahead because of, uh, you know, the small cap indices moving up, then yeah. you can also have incremental inflows uh, that can come into these funds, uh, which which therefore can uh, get invested uh, purely into small caps. So uh, all this analysis that you've done so far is assuming a static, uh, situation markets are dynamic mm. uh, by nature right uh, uh, so in a nutshell to your uh, answer the least impact will be on large caps it uh, it simply doesn't matter uh, we're talking about few billion dollars uh, of exit that can very very easily get absorbed Okay. All right. Uh, you know, uh, in the last few months, uh, starting with July, August, uh, there was a lot of um, FI money chasing Indian markets, uh, Indian stocks, particularly in the large cap segment. Uh, do you do you see this phenomenon to last, uh, at least for this year end uh, by FI21? Uh, because there is a lot of global money riding uh, in across emerging markets. Yeah, so I think that uh, this is the beginning of a trend and I, I would like to believe that trend will accelerate. So if you broadly look at what has happened in the last couple of months is that you've seen a very, very serious depreciation in dollar index. Mm. And uh, that seems to be a long-term trend, uh, right? So if you closely follow in terms of what Fed has been doing in terms of raising their inflation expectations, uh, which obviously bodes uh, ill for the outlook of the dollar and therefore the need to diversify outside of dollar. So that's a big tailwind, right? Mm -hmm. So I believe that if you've got an economy which sorts of normalizes as we move forward, I suspect that a bigger problem would be how do you uh, try and absorb uh, the kind of dollar inflows that you are going to see. Uh, so it's a good problem to have actually. Okay, all right. But as we are closing uh, the second quarter of the year, what is your sense of the earnings so far? June quarter obviously was a complete washout for various reasons. And of course, lockdown was there. But but September is when most of the companies were up on their feet. Uh, there was manufacturing started. There was, uh, there was a bit of uh, supply chains which had started moving. So what is your sense of the second quarter earnings? So I think, uh, you know, our analyst tends to uh, remain in touch with the companies and the feedback that we are getting is that there is a significant improvement than what you've seen in quarter one. But, mm. you know, that is neither here nor there. But mm. are we likely to see YOY growth rate? I think that's going to be a slightly difficult task. Uh, but I suspect that most of the companies would be at index to a level of maybe anywhere from 90% to 95% of what they were doing, uh, uh, you know, on the pre-COVID basis, forget about the quarter one. Quarter one was a washout. Mm. Uh, and therefore, I believe that as you head into quarter four, uh, we are likely to see positive growth as well, uh, assuming that you don't see any uh, Six Sigma events on the pandemic front. Okay. So a better better than uh, probably Q1, but of course, not at all compared to what we saw in September quarter last year. Right? That's, uh, that's Absolutely. what your sense is. Absolutely. But, Significantly. Yeah, but the, Significantly yeah. better than Q1. Uh, but yeah, we'll fall short of a YOY growth rate. Right. But, you know, as we uh, got into the 
uh, outbreak of COVID-19 and the lock subsequent lockdown, we actually did not enter with any good earnings at all. I mean, there were uh, probably uh, here uh, one or two green shoots, but overall the earnings were still lagging and the questions of revival were still lingering on when we entered into lockdown uh, in March and then subsequent June quarter results were, of course, an evident of that. Uh, what do you think uh, is that has our struggle to get an earnings revival uh, or, uh, you know, to get back our feet on the earnings has gone uh, further uh, from what we had expected before? Yeah, so this is a good question. And I, I believe that uh, two big data changes have happened. A is that you got far more uh, stimuli on the financial front, right? So, I mean, this is unheard that, you know, some of the AAA corporates have been able to raise money, which are not only lower than the repo rates, but even lower than the reverse repo rates, right? So, mm -hmm. Uh, they are borrowing three-month money at 3.4%, 3.5%. So uh, that certainly has an impact uh, on uh, the economic uh, growth. Uh, I'm, we are comparing the Delta situation uh, pre-COVID and now, right? So financial stimulation, the credit stimulation is significantly higher. Uh, secondly, we are also benefiting from a big uh, positive uh, shock in oil prices, right? So right. we spend a substantial amount of money uh, and... Uh, that eats into my uh, current account deficit, right? So that that's increased savings for uh, the economy. So I believe that what is probably lacking is a far bigger stimulation on the fiscal front. So I think if we do the right policy, uh, uh, you know, if you've got the right policy uh, decision on the fiscal front going forward, uh, then I think we've probably seen the bottom, uh, even in terms of uh, what we saw in Q1, at which I think was about a 4% growth rate. Uh, so some of the things are falling in place, and I hope that we have got the right fiscal stimuli. I'll be very, very positive if that were to happen. Okay. So one last question, Mr. Shed, before I let you go, is what's your overall uh, outlook on the stock markets? We are at a divergent path with the economy, which has been uh, uh, on a downtrend, but markets, of course, is rising. What's your overall sense? Right. So I don't think that, uh, you know, there is any history book that tells you that the stock markets tend to move in a linear fashion with the economy and certainly not when there are big, big dislocations that happen, as we have seen right now. Markets are forward looking and uh, uh, like, like we all know that, you know, we are going to see a reasonably strong uh, demand. So I believe that I'm fairly constructive on the markets, despite the fact that uh, they have run up from where they are. Uh, two things again. Uh, a, I think that we'll see a far uh, better level of normalization of earnings in FY22 for sure. Not necessarily in FY21, but 22. But I think the big change is that you are seeing a fairly low level of risk free rate, which means that your risk premium of getting into equities has fallen sharply, mm -hmm. which means that everything else remaining the same, uh, your normalized level of valuation should be higher than what they were previously. Uh, so with the interest rates where they are, I'm not necessarily too worried. Uh, and like I said, fairly fairly constructive, and equity should be uh, should be a preferred mode of investments, uh, especially for people who take a slightly longer term view of uh, investments. Okay, but you are you are expecting the rally to continue the 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 rally that we saw that started in uh, after March uh, a crash in the stock markets. Yes, so I I believe that uh, you know we've largely seen. Uh, you know, rail is being driven by some of the larger caps. Uh, software has started doing well. Earlier it was auto. Uh, and I think banks have not participated. I think because there is general level of nervousness around uh, 
you know moratorium and restructuring and impact and i think we'll get clarity in one or two months so the next level the next leg of the rally will be driven by banking for sure uh, some of the stocks are too cheap to be ignored over there uh, yeah so and that's a big part big composition of the index as well uh, so in a nutshell yes uh, i believe that the rally should continue all right on that note mr shet thanks a lot for that insightful discussion thank you for having me appreciate for feedback you can write to me at nasreen.s@lifemin.com or you can reach out to me on twitter at nasreen story you can also reach out to us at ht smartcast we are present on facebook twitter and instagram and to listen to more podcasts like this you need to log on to www.hcsmartcast.com this was a mint production brought to you by hd smartcast hd smartcast